Hi there, and welcome to a really exciting episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and I'm really excited to be here today with Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Um, she is a cardiac anesthesiologist. She's a researcher, a teacher, a podcaster, a CEO, and founder of a company. Um, she's the author of the book Between Grit and Grace, and just an amazing human being in general. And I'm just very excited to be here with you, Dr. Sasha. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Jamie. I'm really honored to have you uh, invite me on the show and to just to hang out with you for the next 30 minutes or so. Thanks. Well, I was just, uh, we always like to start out our um, interview episodes by asking our guests, what is your favorite prayer closet? Where do you go to feel close to God? Uh, so I live out in the country and uh, luckily I have not I don't have to wear a mask when I go out and walk <laughs> because I, it's just me and the cows. So I live pretty far, like, well, about 20 miles outside of Omaha, Nebraska. And my favorite thing to do is to walk outside and pray as I walk. And I feel really close to God when I'm outside, even if it's cold. <laughs> so I will bundle up and just go for a 15 or 20 minute walk and my kids know when I leave the house that mom's just having her quiet time and she's, decompressing from a long day or she's preparing for a long day. And that's where I feel closest to God is when I'm out walking. I love that. And I live in Alaska, so it's oh. cold, it's snowy and it's, there's nothing to me more peaceful than going for a walk in the snow mm -hmm. as it's snowing. Everything is so quiet and just beautiful and fresh and new looking. And I mean, it just, it, we've been doing that as a family since my husband's been working from home, um, a couple of times a week and it has been really nice. I get, and it is, it is. And it's amazing how you, when it's, when you're outside and it's quiet, uh, you can kind of clear out all of the stress and the anxiety that you have in your head about whatever's going on and just, find peace in talking to God during that time. Yes, I, I totally agree. And I love the fact that you have that time where the kids kind of know it's okay for you <laughs> to go off. And I've kind of recently, so my, my youngest is seven now. So it's fairly recently in the last few years that we've gotten to the point where, and where our oldest is old enough and our youngest is old enough that we can do things like that. Like if my husband and I wanted to go for a little bike ride, we have a teenager in the house now. And so it's kind of nice to have that set aside time where you can, you can go and be with God and the kids know it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you wear so many hats. I mean, just all the things that you do, I would love to talk about all of them, but our time is limited. And so I want to start off just talking about um, just your experience in the medical field and specifically on this episode, I really wanted to dig into how we can pray for people that are working in the medical field right now in the pandemic era. So what is it, what's a day in the life look like for you right now? You know, that's a great question. My, my days are very uh, different. I have a lot of compartmentalization in my life. Um, I, there are some days like yesterday where I went to work very early in the morning at about six and gave a teaching lecture. And then I went to the operating room and took care of cardiac patients all day until about five and then came home and uh, spent some time with my kids and then worked a little bit on my business that night. 
today is an office day for me, so I'm uh, I'm at home doing administrative things. I've been on Zoom since 6:30 this morning, doing a lot of things about vaccinate, like how are we going to vaccinate our our department? Um, how are we going to shift our some of our workers to different areas some of our physicians are having to work in different areas than we've never worked before as we are having a covid surge right now in our city and our hospital system and just spent probably about four to five hours on all of those kind of administrative structural things as as one of the leaders in our department so i think every day it's a little different but there are some consistencies and that is that we in healthcare right now, whether you're a nurse or a pharmacist or whether you're a doctor or an administrator, how we take care of patients, even if they're not COVID patients, has significantly changed. And the process and the information that we are getting, it's like drinking from a fire hydrant every day. There's new, there's more emails coming, there's more information. And at the end of the day, when we go home, we're, we're pretty exhausted. Um, and I think that's probably been one way that I, as a Christian, have seen um, the ways that I can support people in my workplace is just to listen and be that listening ear and to affirm the hard work that everyone's doing. Because even the person that is cleaning our, our the clean, you know, cleaning our hospital is having to clean differently and having to do extra things and having to take on more roles. And so, at the same time, when we're going home, many of us are mothers and fathers and having to school our kids differently as all of us are. And there's just a lot of stress. Our, our job is mentally exhausting right now and physically exhausting. So one of the ways I think we can support um, healthcare workers is just be just to pray for them um, for rest and, and, and pray for their own health and, and well-being. Yeah. So I, I just read a post from um, Alaska's medical officer, chief medical officer, Ann Zink, and, and I had not even thought, so, you know, you think about the patients and you think, wow, behind the statistics, there are lots of patients and they all have a story. And behind those stories, you have all of these doctors and nurses and anesthesiologists and um, respiratory technicians. But then I, it was the first time that I had thought of the cleaning crew because she mentioned the cleaning crews and how hard they work because mm -hmm. they are trying to turn over these rooms quickly and they have these additional procedures they have to follow. So even, you know, cleaning crew and administrators that are trying to do logistics and planning and scheduling. I mean, I just had not thought about all of those additional details on top of all the things that we don't think about, <laughs> like <laughs> layer after layer of just things that we don't think about. Um, so do you feel, what is, what is the climate right now? I know everywhere is different. Every city, every region is different, but what is the climate like where you work? Are people concerned? Are they more stressed and just like, okay, we'll get through this. Or is there kind of a oh my goodness, where are we going to put everybody? I know everywhere is different, but what's it like where you are right now? I think the overwhelming, you're right. I think it's different. To, it depends on, you know, where you are and what the surge is like or what the numbers have been doing in your area. And it also depends on the resources you have. Um, I will say at the beginning, it was quite stressful just not knowing what, how to care for our patients. 
once we kind of figured that out, I think then we kind of felt a little more comfortable and a little more uh, hopeful. Um, but then we've had this massive surge as the winter has kind of progressed and people have gone indoors. And now we're stressed about how we're going to have enough personnel. So right now, I think if you had to ask anyone, whether it's the cleaning person or whether it's the nurse or the pharmacist or the anesthesiologist is we don't, um, we're, we're really tired. We're, we're kind of in battle weary and we've been at this now for months. There's some hope uh, on the horizon with the vaccine, but we're really, really tired. Um, so I know for myself at the beginning, I was trying to do a lot of public education and posting and I don't even have the energy at the end of the day to come home and post something like wear a mask. It's just like, I'm so exhausted as, as a mother and a doctor. And, and sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough. And then I just realize like, I have to just take care of the people in my view. That's been my mantra. And that's something God's really put on my heart is whoever's in my view today, check in with them make sure they're okay. If that's a nurse on my team, if that's, that's the perfusionist I'm working with the residents or the fellows and the medical students, but I can't take care of everybody. I just have to take care of my team and the patients that are in my view today. So that's what I'm just trying to live moment to moment and do that. Well, I can imagine that's overwhelming and just, I I can't even imagine Um, the person that I mentioned that posted today um, also kind of post the summaries of the, the numbers for the day. And, but you know, each time she's posting, I do think I'm like, where does she find the energy? How can you even do that? Mm -hmm. And for you, I mean, I just, I named a ton of things that you do. I didn't even mention your family. That's huge. (laughs) I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge hat. So yeah, with just the, you know, the struggles that, that families are having with the different schooling and, and all of the different, things that are going on there, you got that on top of all these other things. So that's, I think, important to remember for our medical professionals Mm -hmm. is in addition to these weighty burdens, there are families behind the scenes too, which is, Mm -hmm. yeah, well, Mm -hmm. um, the next question I was going to ask, you've totally answered that is the average doctor or nurse facing burnout more so than other Mm -hmm. times? Absolutely. Um, It sounds like there are cases of that because of quarantining and exposures and things? Are you having shortages because of those things as well? We, we are, you know, it, I think one of the things that people don't realize is the medical system runs pretty lean. You know, we don't have a lot of extra nurses, extra doctors, extra respiratory therapists uh, sitting in the background to come out in something like this. Mm-hmm. And Um, so we've had to shift on how, you know, we're doing, we've had to, you know, in my area, we've had to put off elective cases, like people that need their knee replaced or their hip replaced so that we can do other things. And so the system's getting backed up and we are having a lot of people get worn down and then they end up getting sick or they end up, you know, having to pull back from their FTE status or something and basically just burned out. So um, we're really trying hard. We recognize it's a problem. We recognize it's an after, um, it's an effect of all of this that's going on and a complication of that, of our system. So we're trying really hard to care for one another. We've just started something in my department called Battle Buddies. And, you know, people do it in the, in the army. They have a battle buddy when they're going to war that they check in with and talk with and just make sure that they're like, their buddy's doing okay. And 
we're trying to do things like that because mentally right now it's, it's a lot. It's physically and mentally exhausting. That's a great idea too. Just having, having someone so you don't feel quite so alone. And that person is kind of like you said, just, you know, taking care of who's in your site. You always have that person looking at you and you're always looking at that person to make sure that, that you guys are okay. I think that's great. Have you been wanting to pray more for healthcare workers during the pandemic, but just haven't known where to start? Well, we've got you covered. Alana and I created How to Pray for Healthcare Workers During the Pandemic, a free downloadable PDF designed to help you quickly and regularly pray for the healthcare workers on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. Whether you take a little bit of time each day to pray through the entire list or set a reminder and take just 30 seconds or so to pray one of these prayers each day, we hope you'll be blessed with just one more tool in your prayer toolkit to help change the world one prayer at a time. Head over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash healthcare to get your free PDF today. Do you have any, um, do you have any stories just of any particularly heartbreaking stories that you've experienced um, in the medical arena over the last year that, that could help us person personify how we can be praying for this situation? Well, I think, uh, I don't know that I can share like a specific story, but I think one thing that I, I run a large group of women, um, doctors, um, and I hear and read a lot of their, their, uh, angst and, and they share a lot of stories. And, one thing I've seen in my own hospital and my own colleagues and partners and myself is that our patients right now are alone because of COVID. Many of them don't have the family support at the hospital because we're trying to keep it out of the hospital and we're trying to not expose people. So we've had to limit visitors. And, you know, there are, I have friends who are doctors that have had to go and tell a patient who's by themselves, you have cancer and I couldn't operate. I couldn't take the cancer out. I couldn't get it all. Um, that's one story, you know, that my friend who's a doctor or surgeon told me, it just broke my heart for her because she was like, I had to, I couldn't just leave the patient. I had to stay there for about an hour um, while this patient cried. And then all they're calling me because I have more patients to see. And she's like, I couldn't just tell this patient this and walk away because nobody was around their family's not there. And, you know, just the other day I took care of a young patient and she was in her twenties having a procedure. And when I went to get her, she was just a mess. She was sobbing. And I was like, what's wrong? And she's like, well, I'm having surgery and I'm by myself. Mm -hmm. And it was a good lesson for me because I'm so used to people being, you know, having their family around. And I didn't even think of that. Like, she has no one in, she's, we're, I'm going to take her back to surgery right now. I'm going to, you know, make her unconscious and she's putting her life in my hands and she has had no one around her for the last like two or three hours to comfort her. So I stopped and I sat with her and, you know, I talked with her and, and even the, the you know, I used to reach out. I always hold my patient's hand to introduce them and shake their hand. And I can't do that now. So it's like everything we we're doing, we, we have to be nurses and physicians and all of us have to be more of a caregiver than we've ever had to 
to be, but that's another way that sometimes it, it's hard for us at the end of the day to go home and then take care of our family when we've had to kind of pour into more of the emotional support of our patients that we normally don't have to do because they have family there. Um, so that's definitely a change and, and a difficult situation that COVID has brought that I think um, another way that we need prayer just to fill ourselves up. And again, I had never thought of that side of it. I've thought of patients being alone. I know when I went in to have a C-section with my last child, um, my husband had to go take our other kids to be cared for by someone else before coming back. And I was, they were doing the um, spinal block just before, you know, and he wasn't in there for that. And I just remember kind of looking around panicking, like, oh my goodness, he's not here. Is he going to make it? And mm -hmm. how scared I was. And then the doctor holding my hand, talking to me, looking me in the eye. And so I hadn't thought of the doctor's added emotional burden and also that your hands are tied because you can't offer some of those small gestures mm -hmm. even that would bring comfort. So it's kind of a double right. whammy for you. Yeah, <sighs> it is. It's, it's hard, you know, it's, um, wow. it's hard for everybody. It's hard for the patients. It's hard for us. It's hard. It's just hard right now. And I think I'm not trying to be doom and gloom on this podcast, but I think it's, it's, there is hope. And honestly, I don't know if I didn't have a faith, I don't know how I would have gotten through this year. Um, I think it's something every day. I just think, you know, but for the grace of God, go I, and I can only, God's going to put in my room and in my operating room and in my view who I need to care for today. And I need to focus on that because I tend to think, oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not reaching out to this person, but as a doctor right now and a mom, I just have to focus on who's in my view. Absolutely. Well, let's end on a good note, a happy note with the questions. Have there been any stories of hope or acts of kindness um, that have spurred you on personally or that have helped patients over the last year? What are some? Oh, so many good things. <laughs> There's been so many kind and encouraging things. Um, I think I've, I read about them every day and hear about them from others. You know, there's been, um, restaurants that have brought us food, um, you know, Starbucks even did like some, you know, a free, free coffee for any healthcare workers for a, a month. Um, just the other day though, something that really ministered to me was I, we have a start, we have a coffee place inside our hospital and it has a really long line normally. And it, it takes you about 20 minutes to get a cup of coffee. And I had like five minutes between cases. And I thought, well, I'm just going to run down and see if the line is long. And if it's long, I'll just leave. And I walked up there and I kind of peeked around the corner and it was really long. And there, right as I walked up, there was an elderly gentleman kind of at the front and he like turned around. He must've saw me kind of peeking around the corner. And he said, he just motioned for me. And I, you know, I'm a, I like go into doctor mode. I'm like, Oh no, something's wrong. You know, right. Someone like, needs he your needs, help. He needs my help. So I like run up there and he's like, doc, let me buy you a cup of coffee oh. for all that you're doing. And I like, I just barely, I mean, I just couldn't even like, I just got choked up and, <sighs> and I still do thinking about it. And he was probably like, you know, he had a cane. He was probably like in his eighties and he stopped and bought me a cup of coffee and let me cut the line. And I, I was like, no, 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 no. And he's like, no, no, please let me do this for you. It's, it's the one thing I can do for you. And first I was excited that he realized I was a doctor and I was a woman <laughs> because most of the time they don't. Do they so call I you nurse like, or. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, he said, doc, you know, you come up here. And 
So um, he must have, I don't know if he, I've taken care of him before or something, but he bought me a cup of coffee and thanked me. And it was just such a kind gesture that it stayed with me all day. Well, yeah, we need to remember those things and just that the smallest act of kindness can just transform someone's day. And especially mm -hmm. someone like you that's in the medical profession day in and day out and just, just one, one bright spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, we're, we, we don't have a ton of time, I guess, to talk about your book, but I just wanted you to share a little bit about what you yeah. do on the other side of the coin, other than being a doctor, you are an author and you have a business. Um, could you tell us about your book, Between Grit and Grace, and who it's for and what you would love for women to get out of it? Yeah, so the book is really written as a workbook, and it's got some questions in, inside every chapter for you to kind of self-reflect and ask yourself as a woman about who you are authentically. I think sometimes as women, we get placed in, in these boxes and we place one another in boxes like, oh, she's a really strong woman because she's a doctor maybe and she's kind of the bossy woman and she's really gritty. But then we see another woman and we might think, oh, she's, she's not really a good leader, but she's really sweet. You know, <laughs> we kind of put women in boxes and, the, and this book is really about, I don't know a woman that doesn't have some grit, like, you know, it, especially if you're a mom, like, you know, it, I, I've seen like the sweetest, kindest women that I would not think are really, you know, uh, forceful, like come out of the dugout if someone comes after their kid, right? Oh like, yeah. The mama, the mama bear, comes bear out. right? So like all of us have things that we are passionate about and have grit and we need to embrace grit and grace and not put women in boxes and not think like, oh, she's a really strong woman. And I think she's competent, but I don't want to be her friend. But maybe that woman really needs a friend. Maybe, maybe you would be the, you know, you two would really hit it off. And then there's also this graceful side of us that, that we need to embrace. And we need to stop thinking that we have to choose one or the other. You know, most of the time, God gives us attributes that are specific to our unique selves, our authentic selves. And then we kind of uh, were afraid to express them or we're afraid to be who we truly fully are in, in Christ. And that's what the book is really about. So I think any woman will find it um, authentic and real and a great workbook to work through. That what a great message, because I mean, I know I experienced that myself where I, I write stories about myself and I think, well, I'm the nice person. So I sometimes even really carefully curate how I appear to others to fit that story that I've told myself about myself instead of maybe um, like cultivating some of the other qualities that God has given me. Um, or you see someone else and you think, oh, I want to be like her and my personality yeah. doesn't fit into that mold. So I'm going to like hammer the square peg into the <laughs> circular hole and it doesn't work. And then we end up feeling like a failure and mm -hmm. we're unworthy of love of others or even of God. And yeah, what a great message. I'm excited to, to read your book and share it with others, share it with our listeners. Yes. I hope, I hope others can find out more about themselves through the book. Yeah. Well, where can listeners find you, find your book online and where do you like to hang out on social media? So you can find my book, Between Grit and Grace, anywhere that you can buy books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, your favorite bookstore. 
and you can find out all about resources. I have a podcast and multiple articles for moms and, and professional women um, at becomebraveenough.com. And you can find me on Instagram at becomebraveenough. Okay, that is great. Well, we will get all that information out to our listeners um, and we'll be following you too. Thank you. Well, other than, I mean, including and additionally other things, how can we be praying for you today? I think just praying for strength and stamina to get through this would be mm-hmm. the biggest thing that would, that would mean the most to me. Yeah. Well, we definitely will. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on here. This was like a last minute put together interview, but as soon as I heard about just kind of some of the experiences that you've had, I, I knew that our listeners needed to hear this and I really want us to know better. And I just feel like in, in a short time, you gave us a wonderful, full perspective on how we can be praying for medical workers and patients. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. Well, let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for this time together with Dr. Sasha. We just lift up, uh, we lift Dr. Sasha up to you today and just pray that you would pour out energy and just equip her with every single thing that she needs, God, to get through these long weeks and months. Um, We do pray that there would be an end in sight to just the, the surge that we're seeing. But in the meantime, God, your power is made perfect in our weakness. We just pray that over Dr. Sasha today and just know that even when she gets to the end of her rope, even when she's had enough, that your power is made perfect in her weakness, that she can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives her strength. And we just pray that you would surround her with people that will see her and see her in her time of need and in her struggles. And just like the man offering to pay for her coffee, Lord, that you would provide those um, kind of God winks just to know that she's seen by you and that you would provide people that will come alongside her and pray for her or give her a cup of coffee or be a a shoulder to cry on or um, take a shift for her or whatever it looks like to help her to, to get through this time. Um, I just pray for rest. I pray that you would help her to clearly set out her priorities and know when things can be let go. I just pray for permission to let the things go that that aren't in line of, of the things that you have for her, God. And for the things that she can't let go of, we just pray that you would um, strengthen her and empower her and equip her. I just pray for her family and her kids and just pray that you would um, you would just give her everything that she needs to be present and, and give it all that she can give at work and, and to be present and give all that she can give to her kids, um, that there would be no either or, that nobody would suffer because where you have called her, you have equipped her and you will continue to do that. And we just claim that for her. We pray that over her and we pray your blessings on her and her family. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.